Welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Duncan. And I'm Kate. And we're here to talk about life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join the conversation. to Into the Fire with Duncan and Kate Smith. <laughs> Today I'm the host. My name is Sana Warren and I am the Global Director for Catch the Fire Missions and World Changes. So I have Duncan and Kate here and we would love to chat about their experience in mm. missions. So tell us, why do you care so deeply about mm. missions? That's a good one, Sana. Ooh, that is. Yeah. When I was a young girl, I... Um, was baptized in a river actually at a summer camp. I was about 11 years old Mm. and I was just thinking about how cold the river was and all these people, including my parents, were around the river. And just before this um, leader was about to baptize me in the water, he started prophesying and I didn't really know this. Uh, Well, I listened and I was like kind of maybe the first time I'd really heard prophecy that way. And he started prophesying about me being used by the Lord and all this stuff. And, you know, my mom later was like, wow, that was so profound. And I just really felt like there was a call to missions. And my parents actually hosted um, missionaries that were on furlough. They'd actually tried to apply to a missions organization to to go out on the mission field and at the time there were no real short-term mission opportunities they had to go and and study three years of bible college and then they would be sent out but the lord didn't open the doors for them to go and so they just thought well what can we do and so they used to host missionaries that had been in india and africa and they would come into our home and tell us these stories where of where God had really broken in and and how the gospel had been reached and different people were being saved and healed. And there was something in me mm. that, that felt a stirring to go. Yeah. And as I've said to many, many times to our audience, I was raised in a very small town in the north of England <laughs> and there were very few Christians, let alone Christians that understood the call to go on mission and I I felt like I was unusual mm-hmm. I didn't I couldn't really find people that were like me yeah. um but then I heard about a group called Youth with a Mission mm-hmm. and I know you were with YWAM yes. too and there was something in my heart that got stirred that I thought you know when I finish my college degree I think I'd like to go and give mm-hmm. a year and then go from there and see where Jesus leads me And so I looked into doing the discipleship training school and, you know, along the way, while I was at university, I met missions groups that were with YWAM and I just felt like that was where God was leading me. There were no Bethel schools of ministry or Toronto schools of ministry back then. There were very few options to to kind of be uh, exposed to ministry and go overseas. And so that's what I did. And I just knew I was called to go. And actually, when I came back from that mission trip, that's when I met Duncan. Yeah. Wow. And he was intrigued because I was telling him all these stories of what 
God was doing while we were in Mexico on my outreach. In France. And and I'd taken a, an intercession tour around France. And one of the biggest things was I was given, I started using one of their daily mm-hmm. prayer journals that had all the Bible reading mm-hmm. scriptures. It's probably all on an app now. Mm-hmm. But I would, people groups as well. And different people groups to pray for. And, mm-hmm. and you saw this, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And you were like, not only captivated by mission, mm. but the fact that I was reading my Bible and praying yeah. and really digging into the scriptures. And so it was kind of one of the things that helped oh my fall gosh. in love with me. I it? was like putty. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like jello. And because, you know, I was 22 years old and we'd met when we were 21, but it was when I was 22 that oh you're looking at me like that again he's <laughs> <laughs> oh, going back to the memory that was jesus <laughs> so um you know i was at, you know as many of you may know i was born on the mission field and in nigeria born yeah. in nigeria yeah. and grew up um when i was five i could speak three nigerian languages wow. as well as as well as english and I can still speak Hausa. And so growing up, you know, in Nigeria with very, very devout um, Christian parents mm. who had laid their lives down mm. for Jesus. I grew up with this deep-seated sense of, you know, Jesus is worthy yeah. of our absolute, absolute obedience. Yeah. But of course, I rebelled against everything my parents stood for when I was about 16 years old, all the pain of boarding school or whatever, mm-hmm. became my perfect excuse to kind of rebel against God. And, and so I ended up making some some pretty wicked decisions, frankly, that really deserved an eternity in hell. And when Jesus met me, graciously met me on, a, on the Rocky Mountains in America when I was 20, and I was radically saved, I was so profoundly grateful Mm. so i i can't even the word profound is not even deep enough it was like every fiber of my being was so thankful to jesus Mm. and i'd had a i'd had a dream actually of going to hell and being in hell and it was such a terrifying experience Mm. that soon after that when i met the lord and he saved me and i realized that he'd saved me from that eternity Mm. to an eternity with him Mm. An eternity of love with him. I was just so profoundly um, impacted by the revelation of the gospel mm. that God's blessing to us and to the world was that he wanted us to spend eternity with him mm. and that he'd sent his son Jesus to mm. take care of everything that prevented us from spending eternity with him. Mm. He took care of that, paid the price of all of our sin gave his life on the cross, made himself one with humanity so that humanity could be one with him, those who believe in his resurrection, etc., etc. Understanding the fundamentals of the gospel, for me, um, at such a personal, deep-rooted level, uh, I knew instinctively that God's heart was that for me. His heart was that for every human being that's ever lived. And his love was so compelling mm. and so controlling and so hemming in mm. that I just burned with his love. Mm. And all I wanted to do 
was share his love with everyone at university, wow. led my friends to Jesus. Yeah. Um, they're still my, my close friends and they're all walking with the Lord. And But when I met Kate, now I'm like, and of course, you know, when you're 21, 22, you're at university, you're meeting all these amazing Christian girls and, you know, that are, and we were all on fire at university. Mm -hmm. We just experienced revival. Yeah, this was 19... 1988 to 91 and we we were John Wimber was sweeping through England we were going to, you know we Kate and I both had although we didn't know each other we both had profound experiences with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that marked us and yeah. left us completely hungry for more of God yeah. and when I had the privilege of meeting Kate and our families sort of fell in love with each other when I met Kate when she started to share with me like, I knew, like, this girl, she's like a, I mean, she's good looking. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Actually, when I first saw her in the church, I thought, I'm going to marry her. Wow. And my girlfriend was next to me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Hilker. things weren't going well between us. And I, but I wasn't looking for a wife in the moment right. at all. In fact, I was like, you know what? My girlfriend wanted me to be saved. I'm so grateful for her. She prayed mm -hmm. me into the kingdom. But she didn't want me to get that saved. Yeah. I don't think. She might have done. But I got the impression that perhaps it, I was a little too radically saved, if yeah, you get my yeah. drift. And so her and I were just, you know, graciously going in our different ways, kind of more or less decided that. But I looked over at Kate and I saw this golden-haired girl here. And I was like, wow, I'm going to marry you one day. And, oh, well, that was a bizarre thought. But then <laughs> I knew it was the Lord, the voice of the Lord. Mm. Well, we didn't exactly get off on the right foot together because, you know, we're both eldest, so we had a lot of, you know, we still do have a lot of from time to time. But when I, one evening, I went over to their house with family friends. I went over to their house and Kate's mum and dad said, oh, Kate's upstairs. I said, is Kate around? Oh, yeah, she's upstairs in her room. You're welcome to go up there if you'd like to. And so I went up to her room and, and uh, she was sitting there and she had all these photographs out on her, on her bed. You know, it was back mm. in the day when you didn't look at a photograph on a screen. Mm -hmm. A photograph was something you printed. took on, printed yeah, to on a piece take, of paper. Print your film. And so she's got all these photographs laid out. She's organizing them because she's extremely organized. And I just started asking her to tell the stories. <laughs> you did. And, and she started telling me all these yeah. stories. Yeah. And I'm like, I <laughs> love you. I want to go on adventures <laughs> with so you yeah. for the rest of my life. And actually, that's really what we thought was going to happen when yeah. we ended up, you know, dating and marrying. Yeah. Yep. We thought, like, within a year, we'd be off somewhere to the mission field. Yeah, I yeah. announced to you that we're going to Cameroon. Cameroon. We were going She's to like, Cameroon. Cameroon. Never even heard of Cameroon. What's Cameroon? I'm like, well, well we're going there. And I think, I think that was a, a big key for us, actually, that... You know, if you are called by the Lord yeah. as a single and then you marry and you're like, gosh, how are we going to how are we going to live with a calling and how is it going to work together? Yeah. And we we didn't know what that was going to look like. We thought it might be Cameroon and it didn't. And so it's just taken time for us as a couple yeah. mm -hmm. to know that we're actually called to the nations yeah. um, together as well as individually. Um, and because of your 
um, growing, being born and growing up in Nigeria, and the model of mission that your parents um, were involved in. Yeah, they were in a traditional mission, so I thought we were going to be in a traditional kind of, we're going somewhere, Mm -hmm. like Cameroon or wherever it might be, for 10 years, 20 years, or maybe even for the rest of our lives, you know. And of course, when I was first saved, because my heart was so in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. and I was so thankful that I wasn't going to spend eternity in hell. Yeah. And I was so cognizant that the world is yeah. if they don't know the gospel, if they yeah. don't know Jesus. And Jesus' heart would break mm-hmm. because, you know, for every person who's lost to eternity, mm. that I've got this, I'm in, the, I'm in this place where I've just got this burning desire. And so we would, at university, we'd have these people who'd come through as guest speakers, you know, and they'd like, Jesus is calling you, you know, to give your life. And yeah. if you want to give your life for the rest of your life to radical missions, come down here to the front. Well, I would always be the first person or among the first down at the front on my face, yeah. weeping before the Lord. And when you've grown up, okay, mm. now this is in England, I'm mm-hmm. having this experience. But when you've grown up on the edge of the Sahara Desert, yeah. 140 degrees Fahrenheit in the sun or 50 degrees Celsius in the sun, 120 to 130 in the shade, sort of, you know, 45, 48 in the shade in your house Mm. and no running water, um, water Mm. out of a well, uh, no electricity, no running toilet, a bush bucket. Um, When you tell, if that's your upbringing, and you tell the Lord, Lord, I'll go anywhere. You're thinking out of Mongolia, um, you know, some some very far flung country mm-hmm. yeah. that is going to be even more challenging than what you grew yeah. up in. Mm-hmm. That's just instinct. That became your norm. Yeah, that was my. I never dreamt in a million years that the Lord was standing over me. And I've often thought of this in a joking way. <laughs> it's okay, son. I know that sounds incredibly sacrificial. <laughs> And thank you so much. But um, my son Jesus has actually paid the ultimate sacrifice already. I don't need you to add to it. (laughs) But thank you so much, son. Actually, I've got just the place for you. Raleigh, North Carolina. I could never have imagined. Via Toronto. Via Toronto. I could never have imagined that. But I've discovered in that journey, Mm. we have discovered in that journey, Mm. that missions is a daily yes. Yeah. To Jesus mm. every day. Mm. Yeah. And that actually we've realized that people all around us yeah. here in America have grown up, perhaps grown up in the church, mm. but they don't know Jesus. They've not yeah. necessarily given their life to no. him. They don't understand what it is to walk in the Father's love, to have a real revelation of Jesus as mm. their Lord and Savior in a personal, intimate way. Yeah. They just, maybe they've said some prayer somewhere that gives them the ticket, but now they... They live their life very worldly, yeah. just like a non-Christian, a person who's yeah. not been saved, uh, just like I was before I met yeah. Jesus when I was 20. Yeah. And so you, we realize the mission field, if a person doesn't know Jesus and yeah. they go to church, they are as unsaved as anyone from any other religion yeah. or even an mm. atheist. That's true. And I think as well, you know, you were saying to the Lord, I'll go anywhere, but you had in your mind it's going to be hot and dry and dusty yes, probably. Yeah. Yes. But actually staying in rainy England yeah. and reaching a different demographic was yeah. actually more of a cost. Absolutely. Coming yeah. to 
North America that's very comfortable, but the yeah. people are different. That's that's a cost. Yeah. yeah. And and so we began to realize that actually our call to the nations was not only to move continents mm-hmm. and live and really activate and be involved in people going on our behalf, but really using our influence. Yeah. Where you are. Where we are to send people to developing nations, yeah. to the poorest of the poor. Yeah. Because God has given us a voice of influence to, mm. to help sow in yeah. financially, raise finances for missions. And it's a huge joy because although we're not going every month of our life to um, a, a, you know, a yeah. remote village, we're actually raising others to have mm-hmm. a passion to go through our local churches, yeah. through you know our church here in Raleigh, um, but some of our other Catch the Fire churches that, you know, inspiring people to step out on a mission yeah. is is so much more than a particular nation or yeah. a, a p- particular people it's group. It's a daily, le- yes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a daily. Well, yeah, I've spent a lot of time in countries, but actually when I ended up back home over COVID, yeah. I was like, oh, I need to... I need, this needs to be my mission field. I need it's to learn how summer. to reach people yeah. in this little island of Jersey. But yeah. that was almost more uncomfortable for me mm. than elsewhere because sometimes reaching the people who are nearest to us yes. can feel more challenging yeah. because there's relationship there and yeah. uh-huh. dynamics. So, true. But that's almost, that's desperately needed. So totally. that's amazing mm. that totally. God has placed you here and in this yeah. church. Yeah. So you... Um, Planted Catch the Fire Raleigh, you are yeah. the president of Catch the Fire World. Yeah. What's Catch the Fire's value for mission? Mm. Oh, so good, Sana. We want to see the whole earth literally filled with church communities of believers, ministries, mm. missions that are that that are best. The best way to describe it that are dwelling places mm. of God's mm. presence yeah. with His people yeah. and. You know, when God dwells with his people, it's explosive. Mm. It's like kaboom, you know. And somebody once said, what's the essence of Catch the Fire? And I realized that the essence of Catch the Fire, it all began in January the 20th, 1994, when God crashed in uh, on John and Carol and 120 people and a revival exploded Mm. a thousand people every night Mm. coming from all over the world for 12 years. And now that revival being carried all over the earth, not just through Catch Fire, but mm. through multiple different ministries that have been touched by this epic revival. But when somebody said, what's the essence? I said, well, I guess on January the 20th, 1994, God looked at John and Carol and that group of people and mm. said, I like them so much, I'm going to live with them. Yeah. Like literally, mm. and, and you know, it's the old cliche, we want a visit, we want a habitation, not a visitation. Yeah. But it's more than, I mean, when you unpack that, mm. it's a habitation. What's a habitation? It's actually a dwelling place yeah. mm. of God and his people. And of course, throughout the scriptures, we read about God's heart. His ultimate intention is actually to live with us forever mm. and ever and mm. ever yeah. in the new heaven that's the new earth. And we'll be in new bodies that are just like his resurrected body. And when you, when you stop and think about that, that that's the future, but how much can we pull of what's reserved for us on that future day when when he does make a new heaven and a new earth? How much can we pull of that future day and actually see 
heaven being established mm -hmm. among people, not just nice people, but people that are currently in the bondage mm -hmm. of all kinds of yeah. darkness yeah. and have never heard the gospel, yeah. most unreached people groups. Yeah. How can we possibly yeah. not go? How can mm -hmm. we de not? De how can we live with ourselves? The thought of them being denied mm -hmm. the opportunity mm -hmm. that if we went, we yeah. could preach the gospel, establish a dwelling place of God, mm -hmm. and then our entire people group, mm -hmm. the destiny of that people yeah. group, who may never have known the true and living God going all the way back to Noah in all of their ancestors. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got the chance in our lifetime yeah. with technology, with things the way they are to yeah. reach that group. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to go. Yeah. We've got to see that dwelling place. That's so true. And, you know, I, I'm reminded of that scripture that the glory of the Lord covers the earth. Yeah. But at the moment, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord yeah. is not known across yeah. the earth. And so we, along with many ministries yeah. and missions group, want to do our part where yeah. we bring the glory of God. What does the glory of God look like in a village in Nepal? Mm -hmm. What does the glory of God look like in a tribal group in Central Africa? Yeah. What does it look like in another city in the USA? And I think, you know... Um, we have many opportunities to have tools that can bring the gospel. Yeah. And when I mean that, I mean, when I think about bringing clean water and um, bringing light and power yeah. or inspiring um, entrepreneurial and, and raising up younger and, and people to be self-sustaining, mm -hmm. like there's something about when a gospel comes to a community, the light of Jesus comes mm. in yeah. and transforms an economy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not just social justice for the um, for just the for the for, for the, the sake of it, of it mm -hmm. but it's as a door opener to bring the love of God yeah. and reveal the character and and to to really bring in the, the gospel transforming work of Jesus to their lives. And so I think we have an opportunity yeah. where we're not just going to preach, but we're, we're going to serve mm -hmm. yeah. and want to bring solutions to some of these people. Yeah, and so good, Dom. Carrying daddy's love. That's yeah. carrying, carrying his love, yeah. but yeah. carrying glory to, yeah. to them mm. and revealing that glory of God. So I think... The scope is endless. <clears throat> there are many groups doing lots of amazing things, yeah. but we still have to do our part. Absolutely. I think. Yes. That's it. That's well, yeah, it. I love the Bible verse that says how beautiful are the feet of the messengers that mm. bring the good news. Mm. And I love that, that Catch the Fire has such a missional heart. Mm. And, mm. you know, we want to be those feet. We want to be those yeah. messengers that yeah. go yeah. and bring the good news. Yeah. And, you know, Catch the Fire is a global organization which has so many different resources from all these different nations if we do partner together and invite other people to come and join yeah. in on the mission that we're doing yes. we really can have a a great global impact absolutely. so absolutely yeah you know i will i've come to realize anna that when we experience the father's love it's what jesus died on the cross yeah. for us to experience yeah. and when we come into the father's love and we, we discover that in Christ Jesus, we're sons mm -hmm. and daughters, mm. daughters of God. And that we're filled with the same mm. eternal spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is the love that's flowed between the, yeah. the father, the lover, and the beloved, the son. And that, you know, as Roland Baker 
taught me, you know, um, the very relationship mm. that the father's had for eternity with his son mm. is also part of the love gift that has been given to us. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is that relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when, when we burn with that, and we actually have an experience of that as an individual. We feel that liquid golden honey. Mm. We hear his voice saying, you're my beloved son, my beloved daughter, yeah. in whom I'm well pleased. And we're wrecked in the moment. Mm-hmm. The Lord began to show me, you're still only at 50% of that encounter. Wow. The other 50% comes when you get up off the floor <laughs> and you go to the broken world around you yeah. and you go and release that liquid golden honey like mm-hmm. sticky honey mm-hmm. all over the all over the world yeah. then you get the other 50% of your encounter wow yeah as you give it away you're getting the remaining 50% mm-hmm. of your encounter mm-hmm. and when i began to understand that you know that's why jesus for the joy that was set before him endured yeah. the cross scorning its shame why because the the experience, the mm. full experience of the father's love for his son was was given and downloaded to him in a dimension yeah. that in all of eternity past had never been experienced by yeah. him as he took upon himself flesh and then died for the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. And the father's love just exploded mm. so massively in his heart. Yeah. And he exploded a massive explosion in his father's heart. And the father raised him from the dead and raised us all from the dead with him. And my gosh, that that is so big yeah. mm. and so awesome. Yeah. Every tribe and tongue and person and people group yeah. mm-hmm. has to know and experience yeah. Yeah. and get the privilege of experiencing yeah. that love. We've got to yeah. go. Yes, we do That's have to go. That's the bottom line. We've just got to go. We can't keep it to ourselves. <laughs> mm. It's like mm. too good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would love to stir a bit of faith and kind of hear some stories from time on the mission field, <laughs> oh, like yeah. some amazing testimonies, <laughs> because we can see this probably got a in town, <laughs> we can see it around the world, but God is on the move. And mm. I really just, mm. I would love uh, you to like stir our faith, get us excited for going out on mission, going to our neighbor of like what the Lord can do through mm. us. So mm. Mm. Um, I mm. did get told, I had to ask about what happened in Niger with a truck. <laughs> oh, seriously? So I would love you want to start with that? Let's start yeah, with a bag. Okay, okay. Well, um, so I'd heard about, so we'd been doing a, a, a number of short-term missions work with a long-term mission um, in Niger, led by a mighty champion apostle called Terry Leverud from Norway. He has a ministry called World Outreach Missions. And um, I've had the privilege of going and taking teams with him, small teams, working among some of the most unreached people groups uh, in the world and leading them to Jesus. And we've seen extraordinary miracles, you know, withered hands growing and um, food multiplying, uh, blind people being healed, a number of deaf and mute people being healed and so on and so on and so on. And so when and when people see those kinds of miracles you know, they put their guns down, their swords down, their spears wow. down, and they give their lives to Jesus, you yeah. know. 
And, um, and so we've seen whole people groups. Well, the thing is, though, that region in the Sahel region of, of the Sahara um, is very, very prone to drought. I mean, it's not the Sahara yet. It's the in-between, between the savannah and the sand. It's called the Sahel. And uh, it's about 3,000 miles wide or more, 4,000 miles wide and uh, several hundred miles deep. And in that region, there's a lot of nomadic tribes and it's very, very drought prone. And one year we had heard about uh, some of our friends were in absolute desperate need of food mm. or they were going to die. And their communities. Their communities. And word had got back to Terrier. Terrier wrote to me in desperation. I, Kate and I were with John and Carol doing a leader school, International Leader School of Ministry, in England, in Oxford. And so we, <clears throat> because we had a big school, I shared it with John. John um, decided that we, we always receive a special offering at the end of every school so that people in developed nations of the world can actually give so and sow mm -hmm. into the very experience that they've yeah. just had, which is so life-changing yeah. on those Ilsons for that week, can sow into other people groups that we can go on missions mm -hmm. to go to. Yeah. And um, we take, you know, we give people the chance to join World Changer Program and so on. Well, John said, Duncan, get up and share the situation and we're going to split the offering 50-50. 50 is 50% 50 is going to go to Catch Fire Missions but 50% is going to go to you now because I had told John, oh, John, I've got to go. I'm going on Monday. So the school ended Friday. So this is now Friday. We're receiving the missions offering and I'm going to fly out on Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, no, the Saturday, the very next day, the Saturday I left, didn't I? And it was all very last minute because of yeah. the emergency situation. And John, knowing that I was going to do that, he said, Dunk, I'm going to give you 50%. I want yeah. you to take 50% of the offering. Stand up in front of everybody and share the need. So I stood up and I shared, well, the school gave 100,000 English pounds. Wow, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yes. And um, and so one of the single biggest offerings we've ever had from that sort of size group mm -hmm. of people, maybe two or 300 people. And so 50,000 pounds was designated for me to go and buy food yeah. for our friends. Now that sounds a lot of money. <laughs> I discovered that £50,000, when you start spending it on feeding communities, mm -hmm. yeah. goes nowhere. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so Monday, uh, so I fly Saturday. I drive all day Sunday. So we arrive Sunday night uh, at the main town in Niger uh, called Zinda. And the, the plan was that the next day we would um, drive into the bush. And it's a, it's a five-hour journey minimum in high ratio four-wheel drive to get to the, the biggest bush town mm. that is, you know, there for all of the communities of nomads. It's like their nearest town. But it could be a whole 24 hours camel ride for yeah. them to get to that town even, right? So anyway, we had arranged for the team in London, England, Catch Fire UK, to send the money so that Monday morning at nine o'clock, we'd have the finances mm -hmm. because we we're going to go on Monday. Oh, no, it's Tuesday. No, sorry, because on Tuesday morning was the market once a week market at, in this desert town. Mm -hmm. right. So Monday comes 
And we realised, oh no, we had forgotten. It's a bank holiday in England, so oh, the no. banks are closed. So now Tuesday morning comes and we're supposed to be there. The latest we could be there was two o'clock in the, in the afternoon. Four o'clock for certain, they all be leaving by now, mm. all the market people. And anyone who'd come in by camel or whatever, or donkey ride, they would all be gone. Uh, four o'clock would, would be the latest you could possibly yeah. be there. Well, you know how things go. The banks took forever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, <laughs> and at, finally at 2.30 in the afternoon, we collect the cash, $50,000 worth of cash, pounds worth of cash mm -hmm. into say, uh, safer the, the Nigerian currency. We've got like, suitcases of oh money. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and we're in, the, um, we're in the Land Cruiser. We've, the Land Cruiser's overloaded because we've got far too many people in there. All of our apostles are in there. <laughs> Terry and I, I'm driving, and I'm just furious. I'm, I'm just all that emotion of yeah. we've got to get all of this. We've yeah. got to help them. We've got this deadline and the banks took forever. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. We're driving out of Zinder on a five-hour drive. Mm -hmm. We're going to not be there till like 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And I'm just 7.30, 8 o'clock. And that'll be four hours too late. And I'm just furious. I'm just like with that intense... I'm not talking about losing your temper fury. I'm talking about like that fury yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. And, and, I'm, I'm, and we're driving out... And I'm in the, you have to drive like this to keep it in a straight line. It's a terrible, <laughs> really old Land Cruiser. It's before Murray and I took the other Land Cruisers. And, and I just was, I just said, oh, this like thing came up in the name of Jesus, we shall enter Ajani, which is the name of that market town. At two, at four o'clock this afternoon, bam, and I hit the dashboard on this vehicle. I decree in the name of Jesus, we'll reach Adjani at four o'clock, bam! <laughs> like that. And uh, everyone sort of was a bit startled, you know? And, there, and there's a few, amen, amen. And you can see that all of them, like, you know, the 12 guys at the back, or eight, eight to 12 guys in the back are all like, yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> you know, there was just this sense yeah. of that's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so we drove... You drive about a, an hour, 45 minutes off, and then you go off the tarmac. Then it's four and a half hours of high ratio, four-wheel drive, and through sand, and the likelihood of getting stuck, five hours is a minimum. Suddenly, at four o'clock in the afternoon, one of the, the, the main apostles starts excitedly yelling at the top of his voice in Hausa, Gajari, 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 that which means there's Ajari, there's Ajari, this city. What? I'm like, what? That's crazy. Everybody's like, what? We've only been driving an hour and a half. Yeah. And we roll in oh. to this <laughs> town. And we're like, well, I don't know how that happened. And we're all freaking out because <laughs> we just got transported in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. Three and a half hours, but it wasn't um, a person like with Philip. Yeah. It was like about 12 of us <laughs> and the entire <laughs> Land Cruiser. So, I mean, I don't know if anyone was driving behind and then, whoop, they're going, whoa, what happened there? You know, I'm not quite sure exactly when it happened uh, or wow. who was watching, yeah. but there was a moment we just went out and back in. And, and here's the beautiful thing. 
we like someone said, but how are we going to know to how to meet um, Ardu Baji, which means Chief Baji? And I just said to them, you know, I just don't think God would do that, you know, just for yeah. us to not meet. Him. Yeah. And um, it'll be fine. We'll just just walk in. So we walk in, and as we walk in, we turn the corner, and there's this beautiful man, Ardu Baji, who's. Mm. A little older than me, maybe five years older than me. And he just, he's just a prince. Mm. And he's the chief of his entire uh, area of families that are nomads. He's got 70 people that are in his care. And he just fell into our arms, which n is not normal. Yeah. Right? And he's just weeping and sobbing. And, and I'm, we're all weeping and sobbing. Mm. Like, and he goes, yeah. he said, I woke up this morning because last night, we had the last of the millet. All of our food for 70 of us was finished. Mm. And we realized that's it now. We're going to probably die. Yeah. Because there's, it was April. There's no hope of harvest until the following year. Mm. And, um, and he said, I woke up at three o'clock and I thought, I'm going to go to the market. I'm going to go to uh, um, Ajari. So he got on his camel. And he walked on his camel and he was praying, Lord, I don't know how, but please, if it could possibly be, would you send Terrier and Duncan to us hmm. to come and help wow. us? Hmm. Please, God. And so he's just weeping in, in our arms. And uh, we go, and then he turned to joy. And then he's like, come on, everyone. So we go into the market, we buy these huge, great big sacks of grain and uh, millet and we, we take it to them. And do you know, Sana, they told us later. Like two that, years later. Yeah, they never ran out. <laughs> it kept Every going one of those until, baskets until wow. the next, never ran out. The next harvest. Wow. Yeah. So you were thinking £50,000 is not going to do anything. Yeah. Well, and actually, it wouldn't have done. The Lord multiplied that. The Lord multiplied it. Wow. Those bags never ran out. Wow. So, you know, God will go to extreme lengths yeah. to enable us yeah. When we say yes in our hearts to go, yeah. he will go to extraordinary lengths to enable us to fulfill yeah. that yes. Yes, there. If our motive is to reach the ones that he loves yeah. with every fiber yeah. of his being, yeah. sufficient that he gave his life, he became a man and gave his life yeah. on the cross for us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's why we what go. A powerful yeah. testimony. Very impactful. It was. It was. It was very, very powerful. And you know what? I mean, we just had a situation right here in Raleigh. You know, that, that's a story of Nietzsche, but we had a situation right here in Raleigh. Mm. Our youth pastor was just telling us, Jacob, um, he's a graduate from the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry, and he just loves being here at Catch a Fire. He's, he's uh, been here for, you know, eight or nine months. And he was so excited three weeks ago. He said it, we just had the most amazing time where I went out with our Embrace team and Justin and Kelly, they lead, there are outreach pastors, and they've got right. this amazing uh, missions, haven't they, Dal? Yeah. To, to Durham, to, local to some of the most yeah. underserved, mm -hmm. really in Reaching abject poverty. Multiple families, several hundred people that they're feeding every week. And so, as a church, we're getting behind to like 
yeah. um, provide Thanksgiving food and Christmas food. So as well as weekly programs, seven hundred families, weekly food, wow. and yeah. really using the food as a way in to bring in the gospel yeah. to the families yeah. and beginning to help them. But yeah, so so Jake says that you know he decided that he'd get some of the youth to volunteer on this one particular run, and so mm. he said we we loaded up nineteen hams. Like, you know, gammon hams yeah. for the English gammon, you know, but, but hams like this, <laughs> 19 of them, very, you know, generously donated. And 19 hams went into the back of this SUV. And so Justin and Kelly, he, he said, we all counted them. There was 19. Uh -huh. We got there. We handed out hams. All the youth handed out hams, going door to door, handing out hams. And it felt like we were handing out hams forever. But we had two left. So we got home. So we, we shut the door. Two hams left in the trunk, mm -hmm. to our astonishment, and drove back to the, the home, the, the uh, food distribution center, uh, our, our sort of storage unit. Well, when they got there, they opened the trunk, and there was nineteen hams <laughs> in the trunk, like just a few weeks ago here in Raleigh. Wow. So you know, it, whether it's on the edge yeah. of the Sahara. Yeah. Oh. And the the, right, the yeah. amazing thing is, I mean, you know, we often think, oh, Lord, fill my bank account. I need more money or uh -huh. whatever. <laughs> but actually, the Lord seems to reserve these miracles for the people that yeah. really need it. Yeah. And um, when we were talking to our team here, the Embrace team, they're saying, oh, the Lord does it all the time. Wow. He does it often where he multiplies food. So there's something about when we're blessing those that yeah. the Father really loves yeah. and wants us yeah. to reach, then yeah. those miracles seem to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was just reminded of a story several years ago, actually, um, when we first started doing mission trips in the 2000s when we were based in Toronto. Duncan said, Kate, I want to take you to Nigeria. You mm -hmm. need to come and see where I was raised, where I was born. And we actually didn't go to the city no. that you were from. We, oh. we were going to Lagos and then we were going to a, a different state. And um, the, the, ro uh, the, the name of the, the city was called Abba. And we'd been invited by a, um, a bishop, a bishop, Methodist bishop. To, to come down and, and minister to his people, his churches oh. and his leaders. So Duncan said, oh, this will be a great opportunity, Kate, you know. And, and for me, I was kind of a bit of a timid person because I'd been raised in the UK. Yeah. You don't see creepy crawlies. You, <laughs> no. you know, life is pretty comfortable and yeah. safe, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like my, first, my first, yeah. first trip to Africa. And uh, but I thought, well, I've got a pro here. I'll yeah. be okay. <laughs> so anyway, we're getting prepared and... Um, Actually, at the airport, I said, do you, think we, we sh do you think we should take a little bit more cash? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, no, don't worry. We've got our credit card. When we need to book our hotels, we'll, we'll, use, yeah. we'll use the credit card. £100 pounds cash will be fine. Yeah, yeah, I was like, are you sure we shouldn't have a little bit more? No, I'll be fine. I know what I'm doing type yeah. of thing. <laughs> we had a bit of an argument. I got cross. Yeah, <laughs> and this is where... You know, sometimes hearing from God is like just honoring yeah. the other yeah. person. Yeah. You know, well, if you feel comfortable, then maybe we will. Um, so we get ourselves into Nigeria and we're like, okay, we're, we're have a nice in Lagos. And the next morning we're going to go to the domestic 
airport mm-hmm. and we're going to fly on to this other place, Port Harcourt, and then we would make a drive to this little town of Baba. And, um, well, we arrive at the airport nice and early. We get a taxi. We use well, our cash. We used all of our cash, Kate, actually, because the hotel wouldn't take a credit card. That's right. So that was the first mistake. <laughs> and that mistake. was the first indication I thought, Oh, yes. Okay, so... I miscalculated that. No credit card here. And uh, we were trying to save a bit of money. We'd go to a different yeah. hotel. And then we find out that we're using all our cash. Well, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's okay. We'll arrive... At the bishop's place, and we'll be okay. We'll be taken care of. Next mistake. We end up at the airport, ready to fly again. We go to the check-in. and the Which woman, is chaos. She's like, room. where's your ticket? And so we pull up the, you know, the printed yeah, document. ticket, the document. Here's our ticket. She said, that's not a ticket. Oh, no. You need to pay for your flight. And we're like... Well, we already paid for it. No. It was back in the days when you had to have a paper ticket. Right, yeah. And this was a paper printout of an emailed e-ticket. Right. And she's like, no, we don't have a computer here. There was no computer. We're like, oh, no. Okay, so here we are. So I'm like, okay. No cash left. So I'll I'll pay for it with my credit card. We don't take no credit card here. (laughs) And we're like, what? (laughs) And so we're just, I mean, Kate is, we just. I'm like, livid. The the area is getting crowded and crowded. And he's like, be careful of your bags. And I'm like. And I'm it's thinking, one of the most dangerous airports in the right, world. Beam yeah. me up. I'm going, I want to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, having this yeah, panic. Was, yeah. And we were like, it, it was like, in your thoughts, what are we going to do? Yeah. Lord, we have got no clue now what to do. Well, there was. So this guy comes up. This guy comes yeah. up dressed in Nigerian clothes, right. traditional garb. And he says, excuse me, sir, but. I'm like, yes, what do you want? You know, don't talk to him, darling. He's suspicious. And he's like, um, it's okay. I want to help you. I overheard that you're going to go and you're Christians, you're going, you're pastors. No, no yes, we're pastors. Yes. And he says, I hear you don't have any ticket. No, we well, we don't. He says, Can I give you this money? And he gives us enough money. Wow. He said, It's just enough money to get a taxi back to the um, Sheraton, Sheraton Hotel. Hotel. Well, you'll be able to get cash to come back, catch an afternoon flight. I oh. said, oh, thank thank, thank, thank you very much. <laughs> wow. And so that was my first kind of moment. Yeah. And, and, and then the, the next Well, then was, we're still standing there because... Yeah. And this guy comes up. Well, he, he goes through and yes. then there's another man that goes through security. Mm-hmm. And we find out later that they'd had a conversation. Did you see those... Two white people, they needed help, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wanted to help them, but I only had enough money oh. for one ticket. This other businessman said, oh, well, I thought you'd taken care of it, so I didn't offer to help, but we should go back and help them. So they come back out. They come back out of security. security come back through, and they literally buy us two new tickets and saying, okay, you, you're on this plane now, we've yeah. paid for your ticket. We were absolutely overwhelmed, as you can imagine. Yeah. Anyway, it took us up to the front, bought us our tickets, much to the upset of the lady yeah. who was quite yeah. pleased that we weren't able to get on the flight. <laughs> but obviously that was, yeah. it, that was incredible. We, we had no help and, yeah. and the father provided help. Yeah. Well, we find out later the story. This younger businessman 
He said, I got up this morning and every time I fly out to Abuja on a Monday, I have to go to my safe and take my cash for the week. And the Holy Spirit told me, you're going to need twice as much money today. Wow. And he was like, oh, no, Lord, I don't need all that extra yeah. money. And, and, the Lord and yes, he kind he of argued with God. Well, he only ended up taking some of it, and not the whole amount. Yes, he argued with God and he won the arguments in the moment <laughs> yeah. and didn't, didn't take so, the money. Yeah. So when he finds himself with this other man and realizing, oh, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit was telling me to bring the extra money because he wanted to, me to help this couple. Yeah. And, and so when he realized he'd only got half the ticket, this other first businessman that we'd seen, they put their money together and had enough for two tickets. Wow. And so it was an incredible story of how even in our mistake, yeah. the father behind the scenes was already speaking Working to out. some of his sons to help us. Yeah. And so we we get to we get to we get our home. final destination. We have a great time. We you know, yeah. we tell the story. Well, we get home and we're like, we better go and tell John and Carol. Oh, John and Carol story. were over at our yeah, house. Yeah, we, we told them the story and we were like, you know, it was just incredible. We were just like helpless thinking, what on earth are we going to do? Because we both felt so kissed by our heavenly dad. Yeah, we just we, wept we in just, front of them when they took us up to buy the ticket. And we just felt so helpless, but then so met okay. by the father. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he was watching moment. us, daddy was watching us in the middle of this bustling, dangerous airport. Mm -hmm. And um, John and Carol going, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Gosh, that's that's the love of God that finds you. And, you know, Ed Purick had, had, had that given us that message. It's, it's the love of the father that finds you. Mm -hmm. And it's the love of the father that sends you. And, and Carol said, Duncan and Kate. Where were you going? What was the name of the place that you were going to? And Duncan, you know, in his Nigerian accent, yeah. you went, oh, we were going to Abba. And, and she, Carol went, Abba. don't you realize you were on the road to Abba? Wow. And all of a sudden, <laughs> we did. just burst into tears. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We were on the road to Abba. <laughs> Love that oh found us God. experientially <laughs> when we needed him, we needed a savior. Yeah, he took care of us. Wow, oh. that's such a beautiful story. And it is, it's so precious when we step out and go and do that stuff. We're obedient, we so meet God. Mm. And that's the thing I don't want to miss out on things, no. I don't want to miss out because I've been too scared or miss out and say no. Like, I want to, I want to be yeah. yes because I yeah. want to be part of what God is doing. Like, yeah. you have that wild testimony of God's goodness because you stepped out and said yes and trusted That's him so and like I think I have almost like a fear of the Lord over not saying yeah or like missing out I'm like I don't want to miss out on anything yeah. that God could use me for so yeah. don't miss out if there's anything <laughs> where you feel like I feel so stirred right now I'm like let's get out to the nations let's get on the Come streets on. like let God stir your heart. Yeah. Let him fill you with compassion for the person in front of you. Give him your yes. Don't have excuses or fears or don't let any of them come in the way of like what God has for you because these testimonies mm. come out of an obedience mm. and a yes to the Lord and it is amazing mm. to be part of Jesus's ministry and the testimonies that come. Yeah. So thank you so much mm. for sharing Pleasure. and Pleasure. sharing about mission and yeah. sharing testimonies. Yeah. It's been really great to hear. 
So if any of this has stirred your heart and you would love to get stuck in with missions, check out our website and get plugged in with mm, World Changes. Yes, Cheeky little World Changes on. plug, but we would love to get you on the mission field and mm. part of all of this. So these testimonies can be your testimonies. Yeah. So what would it look like if you loved God, loved yourself, love others, have fun and give your life away? So thank you for listening. Goodbye.